Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available, American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American-made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out U-R-B-N-S-V-G. VG.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 equip.com A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at a3equip.com. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, back with another episode of Squared Away, Lone Ranger into today. Martin's stuck in a meeting. Ha ha for him. And I'm here with Evan from Viking Coffee. What's up, my dude? Not a lot, man. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, this is always yeah, for it's always sure. cool to get to meet new people and you know go on their shows and yeah, yeah. And it's 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 <laughs> awesome to get connections from people. Oh, you should listen. You should talk to this guy. You should talk to this guy. And and that really opens up uh, our network. Mm-hmm. And you know what they say: your your net worth is your network. What? Uh, let's just. You want to just give us the introduction to who Evan is, what Evan's background is. Yeah. Um, so. I guess originally, <laughs> originally I didn't get into coffee. I thought I wanted to um, be in strength conditioning. And uh, before I started doing coffee full time, I was a strength conditioning coach at BGSU, which that's that's the university I attended. I, I did that for about four years. And somewhere in there, um, I think maybe my second year in it, I started dabbling in coffee. And that's kind of where, you know, the whole... I guess coffee had in me came, came from, and <clears throat> I had started Viking coffee around that time. And it was mostly, it was just a hobby and I treated it as such. Um, 
And then as my contract with the university was starting to come to a close, I was taking things more seriously. And then when it finally did t- come to a close, I'm like, well, I, I guess I'll just try it out for, for a year and just kind of see how I do. And I mean, shit, I was able to pay the bills with it. Granted, living in a college town, a really cheap one at that, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to hit, you know, hit the bills, but I'm just like, all right, I can do this. So I just kind of what, what year approximately um, I'd started fighting coffee in 2016 and uh, probably fall of 2018, spring 2019. That's when I had started kind of, you know, just like, hey, I can probably do this full time. So that's tough. That's tough. You're getting in a pretty saturated market as far as there was a lot of people that were kind of in the same dabbling mm-hmm. in the same game as you. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of people and the, the thing, the way I see it is it doesn't necessarily matter how many people there are in it. Like I'm, I'm never going to do black rifle as good as black rifle. I'm never going to do death wish coffee as good as death wish coffee, but there are people who are going to be attracted to my brand that who will buy and who will support me. And I, I'm going to do things enough in my own way that it doesn't necessarily matter how many people are, are in the you know market. You know, I, in, in my view, there's room for everyone. And the cream, the cream rises to the top. We saw that. I don't know if you're an avid Rogan follower or anything, mm-hmm. but early on in Rogan, Dave Asprey came on with Bulletproof Coffee and was talking about all this, you know, big mumbo jumbo about um, specific processing methods that he was using that was getting out cytotoxins out of coffee and all this stuff. And and uh, basically, you know, years later, it came to fruition that it was that was basically just bullshit. Mm-hmm. It was it was all. It was all marketing mumbo jumbo. And I mean, you all of a sudden, like you still see Dave stuff here and there, but definitely nothing like it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember because it was Rogan. Then also, what was the other brand that they were like, one, I thought they were going to be huge. Caveman? Yeah, Caveman Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Tate all, Tate all of a sudden started acting in like every <laughs> villain in every movie ever. And then the coffee, I think, kind of went to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was those were one of the first companies that I kind of like looked at for inspiration because we have gold bags, and that was one of the main reasons I went after the gold bag because I just remember seeing their like black coffee bag with their gold logo. I'm like, a gold bag would be cool, <laughs> and it's just something that yeah. stuck with me. So, what uh, what got you into coffee? I mean, I know coffee, <laughs> we all love coffee, right? right. Like coffee's awesome, but like, I mean, I I. I got deep, like I nerded out with on coffee for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was going into every production method of, you know, pr- actually producing the coffee, not the beans. I was mm-hmm. just buying all the different beans, but we're talking like experimenting with different temperatures of maceration and different times and everything. Like I was a nerd <laughs> for a hot minute. What got you into it? Oh man. Um, I had just honestly started as a hobby. Um, I guess the main reason being is when I'd wanted to be in strength and conditioning, I, I was volunteering all my time in the weight room. So if I wasn't in class or sleeping, I was at the weight room and this is all volunteer stuff and I don't have money, you know, cause broke college kid. Right. So I looked for other alternatives to get good coffee just cause I had kind of noticed, I tried to, you know, all the different brands at the grocery store, they all tasted the same to me. And doing some research on the internet, I found out that you could buy, green coffee beans, just raw 
unprocessed coffee beans. I'm like, all right, that's kind of interesting. I did a little bit more research and, and found out you could roast them on a cast iron skillet, like just, you know, on your stovetop. Uh, and that's funny enough. That's how I learned how to roast coffee too, is just, you know, watching a few videos on YouTube. So I think I bought like 10 pounds of green coffee beans at the time. It was probably like 26 bucks, which yeah, wasn't bad. And, uh, yeah, the first few times I roasted coffee it, it, off the stove top of my apartment, I completely smoked it out, <laughs> which, uh, kind of pissed off my roommates, but you know, it's what it is. So it's a good thing you had 10 pounds to work yeah. with. <laughs> right. Cause God, the first, I don't know how many batches, 10 or 15 were not drinkable. Like they did not taste good, <laughs> but you know, trial and error, keep practicing. I didn't keep working with it. I eventually got something that was drinkable. Wasn't the best thing ever, but you know, to me it was different. It was good. And yeah, it was just something that kind of grew from there. And then, uh, like when you buy green coffee beans, right? Like, is that, are those good a lot longer than when you buy roasted coffee beans? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got you can preserve them a lot longer. Yeah, we've got beans right now sitting in my shop that we've had since maybe May, and they're just sealed up in um, they're either like clear plastic bags or uh, more specifically like the green ones. Uh, they're called Grain Pro. Pretty much, they just trap in moisture. They try to they prevent light from getting in there, so that would you know damage the bean. But yeah. So it's pretty much like it's it's the time between roasting to drinking that is the most important versus, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't even know how do they get the beans out of the fruit, right? Because coffee is like a fruit. People don't a lot of people yeah. don't know that coffee is like a freaking berry, <laughs> and that little hard thing in there is just like the pit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it. Did you want me to go and explain that or? No, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> so thinking about um, that. Is as far as I know. Um, I don't know a whole lot about like the coffee processing. I know a lot of farmers, they still handpick cherries, which, you know, it's crazy, but yeah, as far as I know, um, there are several different processes when it comes to like processing coffee. So you have uh, a natural process, which I know people love natural processed coffees, at least a certain sect of them just because you get a completely different flavor. Uh, essentially what that is, is um, all the pickers, they go through, they pick the cherry off the tree and it pretty much goes from their basket and they just push them out onto the drying beds and it pretty much just dries and ferments inside the, the cherry. Then the wash, the wash, washed process, um, they go through a mill and it pretty much just depulps everything in there removes all the fruit, removes all the cherry. And there's still some mucilage and stuff like that on the bean. And that will go into a tank of water. And essentially what happens is um, it's either all of the good fruit sinks to the bottom or all the good fruit stays at the top. And the rest either, you know, stays at the top or floats about. I can't remember which one it is, but that will essentially separate all the, you know, leftover mucilage and fruit that's on the, on the bean from off of it the rest is drained out and then the beans are sent off into the to the drying beds um and then there's another one called the honey processed and essentially what that is is it's just kind of depulped a little bit there's still some fruit some mucilage on there and they just put it onto the drying beds and that ferments it a different way so that's kind of what i know about cherry processing but 
So the beans, the, the beans actually have to get fermented before they get roasted. Um, some of them, um, and that's mostly okay. just the the bean reacting with you know the environment and um the actual fruit that's surrounding it so uh, a wash process doesn't really ferment they mostly just get rid of all the stuff that they don't need and it just goes out on the drying bed just to get it down to like a, a certain moisture so when, when i try to when i explain that to people i usually try to compare it to like corn or soybeans just because you know farmers usually they want it to be between a certain moisture when they store it it's the same thing with coffee Oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Where do you, where do you think the best coffee beans come from? Ooh, man. <laughs> I don't know. There's currently my, my personal favorite is Ethiopian. Uh, but there's been a coffee bean that I've been trying to get my hands on for a while. And I guess just to give a little understanding. So we have a coffee club, um, if I can coffee and every month there's a new origin that we get. And I'm always looking for, like this entire year since May, I think I've been trying to get my hands on a Bali uh, coffee bean. I've had it one other time at a coffee shop in Columbus, Ohio, and it literally tasted like strawberries. Like that, I'm like, no shit. I, I'm like, I want to get this coffee. I want to find this coffee from Bali. And every time I go in there to look, it's always sold out and I can never get my hands on it. So that's one I really want to try. But I guess my. Yeah. Mo most people don't they just know they know the regular coffee they mm -hmm. know the 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 starbucks black coffee they don't know the differences between i mean there's so many drastic differences oh, between where the beans come from i mean like we were talking before like an ethiopian coffee if you've never had an ethiopian coffee it's like a lemon floral mm -hmm. bomb it's the it's the weirdest it's the weirdest thing when you're used to like you know gas station dark <laughs> coffee it's just it's it's the weirdest thing i'm a sucker for a jamaican blue mountain yeah, that's one I, I have not had yet. Tell me more about the coffee club. Yeah, so we've got, uh, we call them our core six. So we've got six coffees that we have on hand year round, or at least we try to have them anyway. Um, some supply chain issues this year, but, you know, that's something completely different. Yeah. Uh, but we've got three options now. So essentially they're priced out at one and a half pounds, two and a half pounds, and three and a half pounds of coffee. Um, so what the three and a half pounds of coffee looks like is the customer can pick two pounds of our, from our core six, or they can, a lot of people honestly just get ran a bag. So they'll pick maybe one that they really like, and then ran a bag for the other one. And we just kind of rotate into, you know, the five other different coffees. Um, and then every month we have a new origin. So the coffee that we don't have on handy around. And yeah, I'm always looking at just different coffees that sound interesting to me as far as like tasting notes. Uh, I realized this past month, I don't necessarily read the names as well as I should because I accidentally got a decaf one, but the tasting notes Whoa. on it was, I'm like, yeah, it's good. But I just didn't notice that decaf part, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, we're always trying to get interesting coffees in there that we don't necessarily have, you know, just make it a little more exclusive. You get to try something new. Plus, you get something that you for sure like. So it's always it's always interesting to see what customers have to say when we sit out a new coffee each month. Some of them they really like. Others they weren't too excited about. It was just okay. But it also kind of helps us research a little bit too. Like if we want to do a limited run, we can kind of pick from like, you know, hey, they really like these ones over here. But maybe we'll stay away from this one. So That's awesome. I, I mean, that's like 
that's basically like the Booker Butcher Box type idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's they don't people don't have to think about it. They don't have to like log in and like, oh, what should I get today? It's just like, oh shit, my new coffee showed up. Like that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know for coffee nerds, that's super fucking exciting. Oh yeah. And is there is there different ways of roasting depending on the different beans, or is it is roasting pretty much the same? Um, gosh, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, for me, I roast pretty consistent um okay i mean there there are like there are different roasting classes out there i know the company that i bought my roaster from they have uh two places either one out in carson city nevada or one place i think it's in or maybe just outside of charleston south carolina where you can go you can go there learn how to roast coffee and they'll teach you all the basic stuff and stuff like that. I know there's a couple other companies around that offer school to literally anyone. You don't have to be a customer of theirs. Um, or even you can be like, um, what is it? Like an apprentice almost. Like you can go learn yeah. from other people. I've heard of that. Uh, everyone has their own like kind of technique, I guess, to roasting it, to roasting coffee. Um, one thing that I see a lot is there's a program on the computer it'll pretty much track all the data what's happening inside the roast some people roast strictly from that which it works i mean that's why so many people use it and then there's other people they don't use it at all um they strictly just go by sight and smell which i kind of rely on both uh just because with the data tracking you can actually get something really consistent um but environment and you know your your humidity levels your you know what time of year it is whether it's winter spring summer that'll affect how fast or how slow a coffee develops in the roaster just because of the ambient air temperature there's i don't know it to me it's really simple you know because i've done it for so long um yeah depending on the coffee i would say whether it's a natural or a wash process there's a slight difference but not really a whole lot if that makes sense yeah no it totally makes sense i I wasn't sure you know i mean i know that there's so much difference as far as the different types of beans Mm -hmm. when i get them as to you know what the best process is to make them i Mm -hmm. didn't know if there was something on the other side what's what's your favorite what's your favorite way to make coffee oh man uh right now it's between espresso and, and chemex right now chemex i make every morning and the espresso is just fun to play around with just because you can get so many different flavor profiles out of it depending on how you grind it what temperature you're brewing at if you can get into that like control within an espresso machine um plus you can there's so many other drinks you can make with espresso as well it's no those are probably my two favorite right now aren't espresso machines like a bajillion dollars it's kind of yeah that's what i thought like i've never even looked into it because i never even thought it was a a thing dude it's i'm a i'm a french i'm a french press guy yeah that's why that's why i started drinking coffee on once i kind of got away from you know the typical mr coffee coffee pot the drip yep (laughs) the french press is easy i mean the chemix is nice too but the french press like you take it anywhere like I mean, I guess you got you to gotta grind the beans. I was hand grinding for a while. Uh-huh. That's a pain in the That's ass. That's one thing I honestly have not done. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it's awful. <laughs> you're, I mean, it's you're measuring and then you're twisting this fucking handle to, to hand grind, you know, enough beans to make a, a cup of coffee or a French press full mm-hmm. of coffee. Yeah. But have you ever had Kopi Luwak? No, I have not. 
Hey, Holy crap. Martin's here. <laughs> uh, sorry, first world problems. Bluetooth ain't uh, first world problems. Supply chain problems. We actually got into that for a second. Are you serious? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. Some. He was talking about his. He, he was mentioning it was hard to hard to get some coffees regularly because of supply chain issues. Oh man, I got even more bad news today. So we got some, uh, yeah, updates on, yeah, container pricing and everything else is going to be going up. Thirty thousand was the last I heard for container pricing. Yeah, it, it depends on where it's coming from. Yeah, twenty to thirty thousand. Uh, Vietnam, China's slow right now, so it's cheap. But yeah, they're looking at about another hundred percent increase by spring. So. Um, oh. Yeah, fuel will be up fourteen percent. It's <clears throat> everything's going up mm-hmm. rapidly. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. You know, it's not going up rapidly. Wages. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know where that's coming from, but but hey, uh, yeah, good to meet you, Evan. Uh, yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah, I was telling Paul I, mean, I saw the rant yesterday on your uh, on your story. I thought that was awesome. You know? <laughs> I think people got to focus on their, <clears throat> on what's really going on with health. Yeah. So, yeah. We nerded out about coffee already. So <laughs> now we can get into the rest of everything else because Martin's not a coffee nerd. So <laughs> we, we, we got into all the deep nerdiness about coffee. Right on. And then um, Evan is a, was a strength and conditioning for, what was it, college? Uh, BGSU. Before mm-hmm. he got into coffee. So. No. Once you got in the coffee, you quit, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, after having been in strength conditioning, I guess I guess I got really lucky. Is I primarily worked football, so when I first started, I was with a really good coach, winning season, really good culture. And then after they had moved on to, I think Syracuse, another coaching staff came in. Not that great. Culture just continued to got worse my entire time there. So like I got both ends of the spectrum you can say so i kind of really got to see what a really good culture really good coach really good leadership was like and then the complete opposite of that and that kind of just made me realize i'm like there are certain people i'd want to work for in strength conditioning and which i mean they're really not there's three people i would consider working for in strength conditioning but all of them are different areas as to where i'd actually want to live so And you're in Michigan, right? Yep. Where in Michigan? Uh, Traverse City. Okay. Okay. It's a little yeah. bit up there. <laughs> Did you do you grow up there? No. Actually, I grew up in Ohio. I've lived in Ohio for 26 years of my life. So. Oh, great. You're a Buckeyes fan then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, though. After having worked in college football for quite a few years, I'm like, I don't. I don't really care to watch it that much anymore. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. I could see that. Yeah. Oh, man. Kind of see the whole other side of it and, you know, kind of, I don't know, it kind of loses its luster, I guess, to you. Because just because you've been in, you've been on the sidelines, you've been on the field, and then you kind of experienced it. And I don't know, for me, it's like, all right, I experienced it. Cool. I'm content with it. Yeah. Yeah. How's the uh, so it, how's the political oh, climate up there? Because um, I haven't heard much from your uh, your crazy ass governor <laughs> recently. So yeah, no, she's ne- been quiet. Neither have we. Didn't really? Know. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to think of that. I mean, I can understand why she's probably doing that, just because you know maybe she likely wants to be reelected, doesn't want to 
start doing all this crazy shit or saying all this crazy stuff yeah. um, like other states are doing. But yeah, I don't know. She doesn't. She doesn't want to get kidnapped. God. Yeah, that was like those guys were from Wisconsin, I think. Actually. Oh really? Yeah, the guys that were going to kidnap her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, one of them was you. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe one of my alter aliases, yeah. but. Oh man. So strength and conditioning. Um, what do you? What do you think is is the best strength and conditioning routines? Mm. I mean, you you yeah. worked with athletes. Um, honestly, it just kind of depends on what the the strength coach believes in. Um, you know, it's something I learned is like there's there's no right or wrong programming for you know for um, for athletes or really anyone. I mean, as long as you're following one of the core principles of progressive overload, I mean, chances are you're going to be good. Um, as if you don't believe in the program, then likely you're not going to be able to translate that over to to the athletes that you're working with, um, and likely might not work as well. However, if you really believe in the program and believe in what you're doing, you're you're going to see results. So I don't I don't necessarily have like a favorite program per se, but I mean, as far as the staff that I worked with and the coaches that I worked with, I mean, my routine is kind of it's funny enough. It's still in line with kind of how they programmed. But yeah, I mean, as long as you're following progressive overload, you in theory should be good. <laughs> that's kind of the keep it simple, stupid, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it they make it so complicated so that they can sell mm-hmm. Um, online fitness programming to kids on Instagram, but realistically, progressive overload and actually doing the mm-hmm. work. Yeah, that, was, that was one of the things that we always joked about with some of the, um, it was like a couple of hockey kids and a couple of soccer kids. We always joked about they like doing the Instagram workouts, but would always complain that they never saw field time or ice time when season came around because, you know, spend more time doing the Instagram stuff than the actual work. <laughs> Right, I could see that. So, what was, what was uh, what was your childhood like? I mean, you're you're a, you mm-hmm. you took you dropped off. You you like jumped in. You you jumped in deep. Like so many people want to do what you're doing right now. They have a dream. Mm-hmm. They want they want to just take the dive, but they're scared. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Where do you think you got the balls to just go for it? Um, honestly, I think just being really stubborn. <laughs> And I'm naturally stubborn. My mom always jokes with me that I'm stubborn like my dad. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, I my childhood was, I guess, pretty normal for, you know, just the normal American child in rural, kind of grew up in rural Ohio. Nothing, you know, had both parents, both really good parents, you know, nothing too dramatic or exciting, I'd say, happened in my childhood. I think it was just something, you know, that... As I got older, you know, I kind of noticed that my parents were maybe a little overprotective of me, which I understand it's not a bad thing. You know, it's, you know, your your parents, kids, you care about them. But I think it's that for me, that kind of overprotectiveness, me kind of realizing that made me want to like just step outside the, you know, normal box that, you know, my parents had wanted for me. They told me, you know, go to, go to school, get a good, to get a, get a degree. That's how you're going to get a good paying job and all that. Um, cause I remember when I had first actually funny enough, when I had gotten into strength and conditioning, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'm dead set on this is gonna be my career. I'd start and get more tattoos. Cause I'm like, it's, you know, it's acceptable. One of my coworkers, he was 
full arm, full sleeve tattoo, full back tattoo. I'm like, all right, this is acceptable. I can start getting tattoos now because I'm not going to, you know, be button up tie in the office all the time. And I think we had family over and it's either my mom or my aunt said, well, you don't really know if you're going to do strength conditioning full time. So why would you go and get tattoos? Like, it's not guaranteed you're going to do it. I'm like, well, yeah, it is because I want to do it. Um, so I think that contributed to me wanting to like, well, I don't necessarily have to do this. I can do whatever the hell I want. So why the hell not? Like, you know, just it, I didn't necessarily dive in. I don't think like head first, you know, I kind of tried it out a little bit, got a feel for it. And then once I started to realize like, and build build a little momentum in it saying hey i can pay my bills i can't do this and like okay let's just fucking jump in go for it so but you know i feel like being told no or just being feel like i'm being i have to follow this track in order to be successful i think that kind of pushed me to step outside the box a little bit and go for it little con- little contrarian in there yeah <laughs> yeah i got you know a little that, bit of that in me yeah. too What's been the biggest hurdle as far as the business is going? Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I I think just believing in myself, honestly. Because you know, you get you get to certain things. You like, I mean, my my big goal right now is to have Viking Ranch, and that's such a big goal. I mean, it's gonna. I want it to be on three hundred plus acres of land have a huge facility with a coffee shop on site with offices with a 10,000 square foot gym and all this other shit. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to pay for that? <laughs> like, like, like money's got to come from somewhere. I don't want to, I don't want to take a loan out on it. I don't want to get other people's money involved. I'm like I take a lot of pride in being able to pay for everything myself without having to ask for help. So I think that's just something it's just kind of hard for me to get over. It's like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? It's kind of like one of those things. Cause you don't necessarily have all the answers right in front of you. You can kind of have an idea as to what the steps and processes are going to be like, but there's still just enough uncertainty in there to kind of, you know, kind of check yourself every now and again. I, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure it's like anything else. You have days where you're like, fuck yeah, I'm mm-hmm. doing this. And then you have days where you're like, what the fuck am yep. I doing? It's like, Every yeah. other day, <laughs> so it's a different, yeah. it's either a different high or a different low. So the nice thing is, is you're in consumables. Mm-hmm. Consumables are, are, are steady purchases. They're, they're regular purchases. You're not, you're not trying to sell something that somebody's going to keep. Um, I, I, with the urban savage brand, I learned very early on. I got people that are writing me now that bought shirts four years ago. that are like, dude, still my favorite shirt, still use it every day. I'm like, well, fuck that doesn't make me any more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's kind of like my G my GE alarm clock that I still use from when I was like 12 years old. They don't make alarm <laughs> clocks that good anymore because they don't make any fucking money. Yes. Martin, I see your fucking face. I use a real alarm clock oh, with buttons. Gosh. I don't use my phone. <laughs> GE, isn't that that cheap shit that you get at Walmart? And you, it, and it used to be the shit. Like, yeah, three months. Yeah, not yeah. They learned their lesson with my alarm clock. <laughs> they, probably, they probably got a little chip in there, and they're like, "This motherfucker's still using it." Oh man. Well, the day I retire and I don't need an alarm clock anymore, I'm going to send it back to him. Be like, "Here you go. It still works." Oh. So Evan, is that is that your full time gig now? Did it start as a 
Yeah. Um, Side hustle. Oh yeah, he he missed that part. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm you're good. Game. Yeah, um, it's full time uh, to degree. I'm also working a part time job in a local coffee shop here, and a big reason that is too. I'm like, well, I can speed up the growth process if I get a part time job, dump more money into it. But also, I'm like, is, this was kind of ignorant of me to think, but I thought, oh, when I open a coffee shop, I'll just hire someone to manage it for me, and you know, a few more years of experience, you kind of realize that's kind of stupid. Cause if I don't know what's going on at the coffee shop or yeah. how one runs, I'm like, how am I going to expect to hire someone else and run it the way I would want it to, or up to the standard I'd want it to. So, yeah. you know, something, get a job, you can go learn, get paid to learn. So I'm like, Oh yeah, why not? Yeah. Plus it's fun. So yeah. They let you uh, put your product in. No, at the shop. No, no, they're they they actually roast their own beans, so oh, well. it's kind of one of those things. But I mean, nice people, yeah. they're local, local business, all about it. So yeah, always can be Good learning. Learn, right? yeah. There's always there's always things to learn. Oh yeah, like I've been. This is my fourth week there. Like I've already, there's already like so much. Like I have notebook i've literally just written ideas down as far as like hey this is how we're going to train everyone who works in the bar this is how we're going to train people to <clears throat> different sections of the bar how they're going to run that how we're going to do the where we're going to do the register how we're going to have everything flow like so many ideas just from being in there working not necessarily even just you know learning from the people who run the business yeah no oh, you missed the uh, strength training um yeah yeah, there are definitely times I miss it. It's I still follow quite a few of the strength coaches whenever they post um, on their Instagram stories of them training their teams. You know, kind of, you know, I'm like, oh man, that was always fun. You, yeah. you get to crank the music, you get to have fun. Uh, you, you get to, it's, it's always fun too when the athletes are they're stoked on it too because it the energy just builds because you're excited for them. They're excited to be there. Then we added the music into the mix, especially on. Um, max days those are everyone's favorite it's just oh, it, it's yeah. a lot of fun so no I definitely do miss it I want to get back into it at some point but and you're around a bunch of just badass dudes right mm-hmm. like I mean you're it it, ele- it elevates everything because you're around a bunch of fucking savages mm-hmm. oh yeah it was oh. some of the some of the best training I ever had was just with the staff it's just so much fun because everyone everyone there knows kind of what each other's like physical capabilities are so they're gonna push you and it's always awesome when you get pushed and you realize holy fuck i'm a lot stronger than i thought it was (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) those are the good days that's one of my that's one of my favorite parts from the goggins book is the day before he ran his first ultra marathon Mm -hmm. he fucking he went to work out with his with his prior team leader and he uh he goes, hey, you want to put in a heavy leg day? He's, he's supposed to run an ultra marathon the mm-hmm. next day. He goes, I got, I got to run an ultra marathon tomorrow. He goes, do you think, do you think the Vikings took, took it easy the day before they went and and took over a town? No, they got so drunk that they were hungover and pissed off and sore, so that they were just angry when they took over the town. So he did this crazy <laughs> fucking leg day and then went and ran a hundred miles the next day. Gosh. Dumbest thing he ever did. <laughs> He's a sick fucking mm. dude. Uh, what's your, what type of media are you? I mean, I'm, I know you're on IG, but uh, what type of media do you prefer to consume? Are you a book guy, a podcast mm. guy, a audio book guy? 
movies, documentaries? Um, uh, books, podcasts. Those are like my two most consistent ones that that I'm on. Um, then I guess, yeah, IG too, because, you know, sometimes I'll just mindlessly fucking scroll, which I need to do less of. But, you know, hey. Doom we scrolling. All, yeah, we all get caught in at some point. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> what, uh, what's your... Give me a few books that you really enjoy. Yeah, um, I actually had to set them here by me because I knew I'd probably forget what they were. But these are all <laughs> books I've read this year. Um, uh, no Surrender by Paul Wagner. Uh, something, a, a book I've seen a lot of people I follow on IG. I'm like, I just really, the the cover art of it is what gets me. Like, it's just badass. I'm like, I need that book. So I got it. It was, it was really cool. Someone who... Kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know, Rob Bailey in a way. If you guys know who Rob Bailey is, Flag Nor Fail. Something just, you know, someone who's different, kind of out there doing things differently. And I just really liked kind of how he worded the aspects of building a brand. Um, the Alchemist was another one. I actually just finished that one the other day. I just really liked the story behind it pretty much. Dude, you can read that thing three yeah. times and get something different out of it every yeah. time. Like I literally could not put it down. Like this is probably yeah. one of the books that I would read ten pages, and then I would like literally last week. And I think I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to read ten pages. And I got to do this, this, and this, and I ended up reading forty pages. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Ooh, this one. So I actually just read this one too. Think big and kick ass by Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that I. I was surprised on that one because I wasn't exactly sure like what what it was going to be like, but I'd learned a lot. Like there's a lot of like genuine, like actual good lessons in there that you can learn for business, which I listened to his. Um, what was it? The art of the deal. I yep. think I I yep. briefly right. listened to that before. I didn't really get some of the concepts that he's talked about. It might be different if, if I read it. But that book, yeah. I would recommend to any to anyone getting into business, regardless of whether you liked them or not. Like you can learn so much from just reading that book. Um, yeah, those are probably like my three like favorite ones that I've read recently. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the art of the deal wasn't necessarily full of like useful concepts. It was. I took it as more of like, this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it was awesome. Like, it was awesome to hear the story of the of the ice rink in New York. And it was awesome to hear some of those stories. But it was also, like, it would have been nice if it had a little bit more. So maybe yeah. I'll check Maybe I'll check that yeah, one that's, out. Yeah, that's pretty much what I kind of got from that, too, was just, like, this is what I've done. I'm like, I don't necessarily get it, but all right. <laughs> right. Um, what, uh, what gets you going in the morning other than coffee? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I was like... You got a family? No, it's just me and my wife. So okay. no kiddos. No kiddos yet anyway. I don't yet. No, no fur kids? No. Although she wants one. <laughs> oh, boy. And by one, I realistically probably mean multiple. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the rescue and find the saddest one. Oh, gosh. Most decrepit one. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's going to be bad for both of us because, I mean, I grew up with dogs my whole life, too. So <laughs> we likely will end up with multiple ones. But, you know, hey, I like, if you like dogs, it's all good. Yeah. But as far as what gets me going in the morning, I think it's just if, if I don't get up and 
do the things I know I'm supposed to do. And am I going to achieve my goals? Likely not. And probably one of my biggest fears is, um, getting to the point where like I'm, you know, I'm sitting on my deathbed or dying or whatever and thinking like, man, really wish I could have gone back and done this and this and this. And I wish I would have stuck with this and this and this and this. And then kind of like realizing like, I'm not going to be able to do that. So that's, it's not necessarily thought that like creeps into my mind all the time, but occasionally I think about it and I'm like, how shitty would it be if I was at that point and realized I couldn't do that stuff? So that's something I'll use every now and again that'll enter my mind. But I think the biggest driving factor for me is like, if I want to do this, this goal, I need to get up and I need to go and do this and this and this. So yeah. Focusing on the process mm-hmm. versus, versus always looking at the reward. That's a big deal. What do you do for fun? What's your, what's your relaxation? Um, Other than roasting <laughs> coffee and just getting jacked on caffeine. Right. <laughs> Uh, man, uh, gym, I think, I mean, I like going to the gym. I like working out. It's something that's always, it's always me time. Put my headphones in, just kind of not talk to anyone. Just kind of literally just not think about anything really. I mean, there's really not much going through my head when I'm in the gym. So that's always nice. Um, uh, occasionally I'll play video games, um, a little bit more recently than playing a little bit more recently than not, but maybe once 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 on a weekend but other than that it's mostly either i'm just in the gym just kind of just sitting at home honestly doing nothing uh it's pretty much about it <laughs> oh, you know morning workout guy or your evening workout uh morning workout yeah. by the way yeah get it done. yep I've, I have my routine it's usually i wake up make coffee read 10 pages go to the gym and then Whenever I don't do that in that order, my day just feels off for some reason. Like this morning I slept in a little bit and just the fact I slept in, it like threw my day off a little bit. Cause I'm like, this feels weird that I'm here at 10 AM instead of five, but hey. Right. Yeah. Such creatures of habit. Like when we're, mm-hmm. when we're in our habitual like grind, it's like people are like, Oh, you, I can't believe you go that early in the morning. I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. Like if I don't go yeah. that early in the morning, I'm a piece of shit the rest of the <laughs> right. day. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm mad or like, I'm not getting anything else done. Yeah. I'm, it's yeah, weird. I'm very much like that. If I don't go stick with my routine, I'll get to like the end of the day and there'll be something that it'll be something little too that I remembered. Fuck. I didn't do that. And it's going to piss me off because I'm going to be like, it's because I didn't get up at this time. It's because I didn't go to the gym at this time and I wasn't home by this time. It's just like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> How many times you get the caffeine shakes in a day? Um, I've gotten them more often lately <laughs> than I have in the past. Because you're working at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll have the one of these. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> but... No, no, I honestly, I don't think it's just, I used to drink coffee a lot. Like I would have multiple cups a day and then it's kind of tapered off in the past few years where I'd just kind of, you know, make one big cup of coffee and that'd be it. But then, yeah, you're right. Every now and again, I'll have, you know, maybe an extra shot or two of espresso in the morning along with the coffee and then another cold brew later. So it's just like, just sit at my desk like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) A cold brew gets you. People don't get Mm -hmm. it. Like that's some fucking, if you do it right, there's some caffeine in that shit. Uh, what do you think are the best beans? This is a, this is a personal question. What do you think are the best beans for uh, cold brew? 
Mm. I haven't found a good bean that I really like for doing like a like a 24 hour cold brew myself. Um, I really like Costa Rican for cold brew. Um, there's not. I would at least the Costa Rican we have. It's just very. It's very mild. There's nothing that's too off putting about it, which I guess makes it really forgiving. Just because cold brew is, I don't know. It's kind of. It, it's a very minimal effort process. Um, so I mean, as long as you grind them and put them in there in the water and you at least filter it to a degree where you get the grounds out, it's going to be really good regardless. Uh, which I mean, I kind of like about that, but I think the only other one that I've had is cold brew that I really liked was a Rwandan coffee. That was, that was really good. It wasn't bitter, wasn't acidic, which is the complete opposite of what it kind of was when you brewed it hot. So I tried an Ethiopian cold brew. Not no. good. <laughs> no, it's weird. It's just weird. I mean, I, don't, I guess I don't like it hot either. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what it is. Some people like it. Some people don't. <laughs> Have you ever had a chance to try Kopi Luwak? Uh, I haven't. Kopi Luwak Martin is coffee where these cats eat the bean, eat the fr- coffee fruit, oh, shit, and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh, shit it out. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just, it's like, and it's outrageously priced. Yeah. Outrageous, like hundreds of dollars a pound. They eat the, they eat the coffee fruit, and then it ferments in their guts, and then they shit it out, and they collect the beans and roast them and make coffee. <laughs> it's like the most expensive coffee in the world. Wow. So they, they collect the shit, and then they. Uh... I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. I'll drink some coffee on vacation. You know, like I'll hit up a private shop or something. I don't want to support, you know, Starbucks or anything. But, um, you know, that's about it for me. I'm not a connoisseur. I mean, I'll support like Black Rifle Coffee. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you tried their stuff? Yeah. You know, what's your thoughts on their stuff? Yeah, I like it. I've had a couple of their roasts. I think they're AK-47. I've had that one. And I've had one other one. I can't remember what it was. It was either Beyond Black or Silent Just Smooth. It was one of those two. Yeah. Had, but I've, I haven't had their stuff in a long time. Um, yeah, they're going publicly traded, too. Yeah, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's huge. Yeah, I can't remember how many uh, vets they employed, but, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. what they started with and, you know, where they are now. Mm-hmm. Which... To me, it still blows my mind because 2014, when they started, like it doesn't feel that long ago. Which I mean, it yeah. kind of no. is. It's like what coming up on eight yeah. years ago now. But I mean, still, like that's that's quick from yeah. nothing to a public traded company. It's just like holy shit. Yeah, yeah. They they jumped through a lot of slow grind hoops in very quick time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all of a sudden it went from only online ordering to you could legitimately buy it at Walmart, Cabela's. Mm-hmm. We have it at the local gun shop. Like, yep. how yeah. so fast? Yeah, uh, Walmart don't carry it, does it? <laughs> yeah, I think that Walmart has some of it. Oh, okay. I try. I've seen it at least at, at grocery stores. Maybe not Walmart specifically, but I've seen it at grocery stores. Wow. So just got to get Viking coffee into there now, <laughs> right? <laughs> the next step. No, I really like. Um, he has a he has a subscription club. Um, that people sign on to and then they can they get they can pick whatever they want right Mm -hmm. so they can get like a a fresh new product every month um and 
then they can try all these different coffees. And I think that that's probably one of the coolest plans that anybody, I mean, and what a hell of a Christmas gift. Like, yeah. if you know, if you have a family member that likes mm-hmm. coffee, like, dude, that would be an awesome Christmas present. Yeah, we, we've actually had a couple people who have bought them for other people as like a, it was either birthday gift. And I think we had a recent one as like an anniversary gift. So that was kind of cool. And I found that out. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, I never even thought about that. Way better than the Jelly of the Month Club from Christmas Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Way better. Clark might not have sent Eddie out to fucking capture that guy if it was a Viking coffee (laughs) subscription. It's going up that time of year again. Have to watch that movie at least like 20 times. (laughs) Yeah, we started like uh, we started a week ago. We started in on the Christmas movies. We haven't we haven't gotten there yet. We're animals. I got kids though, yeah. so we go we go deep. <laughs> we get we get into some really old shit. Wow. But uh, well, dude, uh, you got anything else, Martin? No, I'm pretty good right now. I'm gonna have to go check out some Viking coffee. But uh, I've checked out yeah your uh, Instagram. Like I said, you got some pretty good rants in there, and <laughs> you know, keep on rolling. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Evan. We're gonna put this out, and uh, I'm gonna link to the I'm gonna link to the to the site so that people can get on there, um, see if we can sell some more subscriptions and and get some more Viking Coffee customers. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate, it, man. Thank you for you know for having me on and you know chatting for the last hour. Or so yeah, this was fun. 